Hello everyone, welcome back to Nick's World of Sports. My name is Nick Sapola. The trade deadline has come and the trade deadline has passed. And what a deadline it was. It is one that will go down in the history books for some of the craziest deals. Out of nowhere trades, last minute deals, big names have been shipped off, historic trades, and more. There's not much else I could say. I had three episodes about this. I was going to do a live stream tonight, but unfortunately I'm having trouble setting up the YouTube account. The Google account is being really stupid right now, won't let me set it up. Twitch is being stupid as well, won't let me set it up. And I've been trying to work on it all day, so the few people who wanted to see a live stream, I apologize. I probably won't have a special guest on until a later date in the week. We'll talk a little more with him about it, but enough little chit-chat. Let's get right down into business. Let's dissect some of the trade deadline. We're going to talk some of the final, like the last-minute trades. We're going to talk, see what my opinion is on that. The deals, who got what, who went where. And then we're going to get into some little fun after that. We're going to talk a little more, say who the winners and losers of the trade deadline was. I already can, You can already tell me who they are. I'm going to give you mine. It's going to be a really, really good time here. So last we saw, I believe, was the um, Joey Gallo trade was the last trade that went through when we were talking. Was that Joey Gallo was shipped off for the number 15 prospect. I think it's beater in the uh, Dodger system. He's now the number 10 ranked prospect in the Yankee system. Prospect rankings were readjusted as well. Noel V. Marte, who is traded for Castillo, is now the number one prospect in the Red system. Uh, Will Hassel III, who is part of the Soto deal with Wood, with James Wood. Those two are now, I believe, Hassel's number one, and Wood is number four in the newly replen replenished Washington system. I'm just trying to find my notes here. What what are the trades happened? We had a couple of we had a couple big ones, couple mid happen from here on out. All right, I think the this is the most recent one. So we're gonna have we're just gonna go from what I've saw from tweets from three fifteen down. So we had the Jays and Philly were the finalists for Noah Syndergaard. I'll tell you who got that one next if you don't know yet. The Yankees also checked in on Rodon at some point, but Rodon was the ask price was too high. The whole the thing with this contract was weird. Something I put out on my Instagram story if you saw it. The uh, Juan Soto deal was finalized around 3:30 today. The last piece that went over to Washington instead of Eric Hosmer is former Yankees demigod Luke Voigt's now going to rot away in Washington and. I just feel for the guy, man. He's he's on a Joker-type arc now. He was playing pretty decently in San Diego. He definitely earned a position there. He definitely deserved to stay. He didn't deserve to be traded to Washington. I mean, it is Juan Soto, so you're going to give up anything for it besides Tatis and Machado and maybe like an arm like Darvish or Snell. But I would have maybe have said throw another two prospects into lower-level prospects instead of Luke Voigt because that's just that's terrible that Luke Voigt got shipped off and Eric Hosmer bitched and moaned, and now they don't have a DH that they would have liked. And Eric Hosmer goes to Boston in a contingent deal. I'll tell you the details about that next. So Voigt's there in Washington. I still think that both teams got a really nice haul in this deal. Um, the center fielder for the Angels, Brandon Marsh, is up next. Marsh was shipped to Philadelphia in a deal that included Long Island native, St. John the, grad, the Baptist grad, 
and top 100 prospect Logan O'Hoppy, he's going to be going over to the Angels. And that's a big hole for the Angels, low-key, because the Angels now have – that's their best prospect. That's their only top 100 prospect they have. And he's their number one prospect currently, Logan O'Hoppy, which is awesome, awesome, awesome to hear that a Long Island guy is the number one prospect somewhere in a system. Another Long Island guy was shipped off, but we'll talk about him later. I think Philadelphia addresses a need – with this, they addressed the need right there. That's a big need, but that is an overpay. I mean, I get it. Marsh is a decent defensive center fielder. There's better defensive center fielders on the market. Apparently, one of them was available until the very end from St. Louis, but they didn't bother to call St. Louis about it. And I think St. Louis would have loved Logan O'Hoppy in their system with Yadi Molina on the verge of retirement. And he would just add it to that young prospect core. But at the same time, I think it's a good move by the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim and Artie Moreno maybe kind of realizing that it's time to start developing the prospect pool again. That's not a bad haul. I discussed it earlier with uh, Luke Voigt being shipped off to Washington instead of Eric Hosmer because I was on his no-trade clause. He has every right to decline it. I just feel bad for Luke Voigt. And Hosmer then works his way into Boston, who is in dire need of a first baseman with Josh Bell off the market. That's probably the next best guy available. They go and get their guy or one of the guys they need. So with that, the Padres send over a couple other prospects attached to Hosmer for a, low, for a prospect who is a formerly high top prospect. I'll get into the further details here because I'm just going through by time. That was around 344. I think the uh, Padres also pick up a decent amount of that contract because Hosmer had, I think th- I said earlier, three years left at $37 million or 40-something, mil- 40-something million. Anthony DeComo of uh, the Mets Twitter world, a guy I get a lot of alerts from from the Access Baseball account. Shout out my boss, Vinny, for always giving me Mets alerts. I'm always up to date with them. I know what's going on in every game. I do watch a bit of the Mets games, too, contrary to popular belief. I'm big in wa- re-watching games and game recaps and stuff like that the Mets made another befuddling trade in my opinion here they go out and get Darren Ruff they traded away JD Davis and I have the rest of the deal here written down Thomas Zazapuki I believe how you say that Nick Zwack and Carson Seymour Carson Seymour was their second round pick in 2021 the Mets Seymour's having a great start to his pro career I know he's a little advanced in age at 23 because he was a fifth year I believe in college or he just finished up his senior year he was a more of a later or an older guy in 81 innings in the minors this year he has a 276 ERA with 10 Ks per nine as a starter and Zwack had a 2.36 2.36 ERA and 11.3 Ks per nine in 76 innings as a starter in the minor leagues as well. I get it. They're lower ranked, and the Mets want to win now. But you give up J.D. Davis, those three prospects, two of them being pretty good. I don't understand it. A team that needs bullpen help, a team that needs pitching. You make a move like that, so you're going to tell me you have three pretty mid to first baseman defensively. One of them is Pete Alonso who rakes. The other one is uh, Vogelbach, who's not a good defender at all and can't hit left-handed pitching. And then you go get Darren Ruff, who can't hit right-handed pitching. 
Darren Ruff has had a career year last year, but this year he's playing terrible. The backup first baseman for the Sandy, not San Diego, San Francisco Giants. Doesn't make sense to me. It really did not make sense. Billy Epler is making befuddling move after befuddling move, just flabbergasting Mets fans, flabbergasting me as a sports reporter or sports journalist now. I'm, I can't, I don't understand the move. I don't get it. I don't like it. My brother is a big Mets fan. Shout out my brother, Danny. Danny was trying to convince me today that that is a good move. Why would you want to platoon DHs? And you know Pete Alonso is going to need a couple of days DHing, and you're going to need to find other ways to get bats up. They have that kid I was talking about earlier in the minors, Vientos, who is unreal. He should be playing right now. He should be on that roster. Trading for two first basemen that aren't going to make a difference is stupid. They should have overpaid for Bell, or you should have never traded for Vogelbach, never traded for Ruff, and go out and get JD. This was my pro- This is what I was saying about JD Martinez if they got him now. That would make zero sense. It makes no sense. Why would you want to platoon DHs? It, it, it doesn't make sense. In the prospect hall you gave up for one year of Darren Ruff, who is 36, by the way. He's 36 years old, and he is struggling this year. I get it. He hits right-handed pitching. Daniel Vogelbach can't hit right-handed pitch. Or, yeah, left-handed pitching. Excuse me. Daniel Vogelbach can't hit left-handed pitching. But Darren Ruff can hit left-handed pitching. But he can't hit right-handed pitching. Why are you getting these one-dimensional guys taking up space on the bench that will never play an inning of defense? It makes no sense. Literally zero. I think Billy Epler has lost his mind. He gave up a decent prospect haul, too, to San Francisco, who's going to be laughing to the bank over that. Enough talk about that. Let's go back to the Phillies, who had a, a pretty big day. After they get Marsh, they come right out and get the guy I wanted the Mets to get after right away. They get David Robertson from... The Phillies, and the big piece in that one is the recent resurgence of another Long Island stud, Ward Melville graduate and superstar-to-be pitcher Ben Brown. The Cubs had a really, really good, really good haul for prospects. They got Wesneski from the, the Yankees. He's their number eight prospect. Ben Brown is top ten prospects for the Cubbies now. They had a pretty good deadline, and they held down to Happ and Contreras, which is a little puzzling, but we'll get into that later. Up next, uh, Tyler Molly from uh, the Reds got shipped over to the Twins, who were desperate for pitching. The Twins were looking for Rodon. They were talking about Lopez. More so Rodon. That was their guy. And once Quintana went off the board, they kind of pivoted towards Rodon. They couldn't get anything done. The uh, They give up Christian Encarnacion Strad, or Strand, who's an absolute stud, and Steven Hajar, who's having a fantastic season, and Spencer Steer as well. That's a pretty big haul for... A guy who I don't think is better than Jordan Montgomery or Jamison Tyone. That is a pretty big haul, especially there's some guys in there that I really like. I think it's uh, just weird because Strand and Hajar have a lot of upside. But I like the move a little bit just because... I thought he'd go to more of a contender team like the Dodgers or the Yankees would be a little more in on him because he's an innings eater and he could take some relief off of your starters that you want to get some rest. I know the Yankees are a little worried about Nestor Cortez and he's already passed his career high in innings, in innings and he's going to blow past his career high in innings pitched. 
But he'll get a little bit of relief now as he's not asked to take number two starts. He's going to take number three, number four starts now with a guy like Frankie Montes there. I think the Twins made a necessary move, but they overpaid. But it makes up for their haul, I guess, they got last year from Toronto. And Toronto overpaid for a top-flight start, or at the time, at least deemed a top-flight starter in Jose Barrios. The Padres, once again, not too long after that deal. That deal was announced around 4 o'clock. At 4.26 p.m., the Padres were still at it. They go ahead and acquire Brandon Drury from the Reds. And Brandon Drury's having a career year, a big year. The Padres, in the last 30 hours or so of the trade deadline, made these moves. They acquired Josh Hader, Juan Soto and Josh Bell, and Brandon Drury. That is aggressive from A.J. Preller. A.J. Preller is showing he does not give a fuck about prospects. He does not care. He wants to win now. Now. And they were talks to they were trying to get Will Myers off the books. Trying to get all the money off the books so they're under the luxury tax, which they want to be under. I know the Padres have a little bit of money, but they want to stay under that luxury tax while competing for a World Series with the best roster possible. And they did that today by the moves they made for Hader, Soto, Bell, and Drury. Drury's probably a rental, more so. They gave up a middle of the road prospect for him, I believe. But that's a that's an upgrade right there. At least at the bat. That lineup has got no holes. That that makes up for getting rid of Luke Voigt, I guess. The Phillies, not too long after that was announced, at 4.30 today, designated former Met Uris Familia for assignment in response to the moves they made. The Seattle Mariners stayed at it, acquiring catcher Kurt Casale from the Giants for Michael Striffler. I'm not even going to pronounce that. Matt Boyd, someone who is recovering from an injury. He's going to go to the Mariners. The Guardians acquired Ian Hamilton from the Twins for Sandy Leone. Matt Boyd, this is what I'm going to go back to Matt Boyd real quick. I just wanted to mention that little small trade in there. But Matt Boyd was rehabbing a flexor tendon surgery that he had. And Matt Boyd was someone a few years ago was a big com- hot commodity at the trade deadline. So I think that's kind of a win for Seattle. That's an upside pitcher. He He can't be any worse than what you have in your rotation. I mean, Marco Gonzalez isn't bad. You have some guys in there like Logan Gilbert had a good game tonight until late. He he has nasty stuff. There's uh now you have Luis Castillo there. George Kirby's having a good year. You got some guys, and that, that's not a bad piece to have at the end of your rotation. An innings eater, to say the least. The full details for the Red Sox, the Hosmer deal, what Boston gave up at least, is Jay Groom. Jay Groom was once a big time prospect for the Red Sox, who kind of you know, fell off a little bit, but I mean, for Hosmer to eat that money, you're going to take anything to get that money off those books. It was announced at 5.05 say that the Mets were out on Wilson Contreras. That is a big, big problem. Trevor Rosenthal is going to the Brewers. That was a big move for them. That Again, solidifying the bullpen. Solidifying the pitching for the Brewers. The Brewers had a very sneaky good deadline. We're going to get into the Brewers after this. I'm just going to list off whatever trades are left before we get to some big ones. Sander Bogarts questioned the direction of the organization of the Red Sox after the Vasquez move, saying there are pieces leaving in the organization but none coming in. I agree with Xander there. I think Xander's displaying his frustration, and he's going to definitely opt out after this year. The Red Sox also got two prospects. I think it was Ferguson and Rozier, or Rozier, in the uh, the Jay Groom 
trade. Jay Groom, Eric Hosmer trade, completing a three-team deal. Pretty much. The Mets were in talks of trading Mauricio, but they ended up not doing it. What they ended up doing instead was they got Michael Givens in a trade, which does address a need in the bullpen, but I think it was too little too late there. I think Billy Epler saw Twitter, saw the fan reaction, probably heard from Cohen, like, what the fuck are you doing? And he made a panic move. In other news, a little more lighter, Jake Lamb is on another team as he has moved from the Dodgers for cash considerations to the Seattle Mariners. Cash considerations, the greatest player of all time, is shipped off once more. The Kenny Lofton of trades. Um, the guy I thought that was, was going to be a Yankee at this time today ended up not being a Yankee, and that is Brett Phillips, which is, I think, why Brian Cashman pulled a panic move later on, right before the deadline. At 536, it was announced by Dan Connolly and Ken Rosenthal that the Orioles added Brett Phillips. The Yankees, this is where it got interesting for the Yankees. The Yankees were in serious talks of acquiring Pablo Lopez right before the deadline. And if they got him, that would have been an awesome move. That would have been a steal. Big-time steal. We'll get into starting pitching steals in a second. But instead, right at the buzzer today... The Yankees shipped off one of someone I'm very critical of, Jordan Montgomery, to the Cardinals. First, I was excited. I'm like, okay, looks like he might be a three-teamer maybe because they just announced Montgomery. What they got in return shocked the world, at least the Yankees fan base. Harrison Bader, a great, great defensive outfielder from the Cardinals, who's about a career 245 hitter, I believe. He's like in a 240, 250 range every year it's not awful numbers it's probably better than what Hicks is providing right now for the Yankees but my thing the big thing on Yankees Twitter that I kind of believe but I also kind of don't believe was that they had a contingent deal lined up that was a contingent deal lined up and the Yankees were finalizing a deal for Pablo Lopez however they did not make that move. That move was never announced, and it was later announced around 6.30 that Pablo Lopez is not leaving the Miami Marlins. What bothers me about that move by Cashman was that was a little panicky, and I do think long-term, Montgomery's got, I think, two, three years left, and you gave up all those years of control for Harrison Bader and not getting a prospect back in return. Look, I know he's not worth like a, liber a liberator or anything, Montgomery, but... He's a solid innings eater, and he's got better stuff than uh, others. I, I hate to interrupt this, guys, but we have some breaking news here. Another major death in the sports world today. And it's a very, very sad one that I, I am not happy to announce here. The legendary broadcaster that called more games than anyone, especially for the Dodgers, he... he Went from games, calling games with Jackie Robinson, Sandy Koufax, to Kirk Gibson, to Clayton Kershaw, and I believe Cody Bellinger for a while when he was great. The voice of the Dodgers and the voice of baseball, Vince Scully, has passed away today. What a, t what a tragic day. What a sad day for baseball. And a day full of unreal trades 
Great days for headlines. Big days. Sad days for some fan bases. Great days for others. Terrible, terrible news to come out of baseball today. That is the same week, too, that uh, we lost another icon, Bill Russell. We lose another great, great icon. When you think of baseball commentators and broadcasters, Vin Scully is the first one that comes to my mind, and it should be the first that comes to a lot of people's minds. The greatest to ever do it. Someone who inspired many young and older sports journalists, sports broadcasts, sports announcers, analysts, etc. He's definitely been an inspiration to me, especially someone who... You know, I'm not that big of a podcast guy right now. I'm just getting into it. The undrafted free agent of sports broadcasting and sports journalism. A sad day. Fordham's finest. The man who could seemingly do it all in the booth has left this earth. Has left this earth. It was his time to go call a game up in heaven. Rest in peace, Vince Scully. May God rest your soul. All right, we're going to move on from that. I just wanted to give a moment there. I was in the middle of talking about Jordan Montgomery for Bader. There was a thing, too, a report that came out that Montgomery found out probably about a half hour before the game today. And he was really upset. He was crying about it. He was, you know, I grew up here with these guys. I love this team. I'm real. I got really excited after the deadline with the pieces we brought in. I was really excited to play here. I love playing in New York, but it's just sad that I got moved. And look, don't get me wrong. I, I think this was a piece I wanted to move in a dream situation. I would have wanted Montgomery to move because we had too many starters even before we got Montas. Because we had, let's say the Yankees don't make that Montas trade. They don't have a big starter like that. You have. J.P. Sears and Clark Schmidt, who are potential starters, and Herman as well, who is in the rotation and has proven in the past he was good, but I think he's a little, you know, not as good as he once was, Domingo Herman. The Yankees had too many starters. A little too many starters. Especially with the emergence of Nestor Cortez, Jamo Tyone having good, good games. I think Jamo Tyone is super hated by Yankees fans all of a sudden. And I think Jamo Tyone's a great pitcher. Great pit, a great pitcher when he ha- when he's on. At least my opinion. Wow, Vince Scully was ninety four. Sad, sad way to close out a great day of baseball. That is, that is sad. I'm just going to sit here for a second. I just got to write out a tweet. All right. I'm back. Sorry about that little blip there. I should have probably just paused the recording, but I didn't. So we talked about Montgomery, a big pitcher that went off at the buzzer. Let's talk about another one that went off at the buzzer, a little more of a shocker. 
The Phillies just keep adding and adding and adding. Dave Dombrowski does not want to go down without a fight. He goes and acquires the best pitcher available, not named Rodon at this point, and Noah Syndergaard from the Angels. In the deal, they send over Mickey Moniak and a second prospect for Syndergaard. Mickey Moniak's a pretty solid prospect they gave up. Now, a couple of big prospects today left the Philly system. Moniak, Ben Brown, and Logan Ohapi. Two Long Island guys and Mickey Moniak, who's a pretty good prospect, or supposed to be a pretty good prospect. Angels got two of them, so the future's promising. Ohapi should be in the majors by next year at some point, maybe two years from now. I think next year because I think Ohapi's ready. Or he's close to ready. He should be in AAA right now. And he'll probably be moved up to AAA before the season's over again. I'd love to see him in the bigs. Ben Brown's still in A-ball. But he's gonna be a fa- he's been a fast riser this year. Especially resurgence bandwagon kind of guy. I think he's going to fly through the Cubs system. He's a pick. He was a big sleeper pick for a lot of prospect people this year. Myself and I know MLB Prospect Central is probably picking him as a sleeper. I was talking to... Um, my boss over at Access Baseball a little bit about some of the moves that the Phillies made, especially with Long Island guys. We were talking. I sexted him. I said, Ben Brown and Logan O'Happy got traded today. I, I was the first one to break to him the Ben Brown news. He texted me, and it, it makes no sense to trade O'Happy. Keep in mind, this guy is a very good man at his job. He's a very, very knowledgeable baseball man. Played Division II ball at Adelphi. He's been around baseball most of his life. He's a great, great athlete. And he is a scout or a regional scout for the San Diego Padres. So when he tells me something like that, that it made no sense to trade O'Hoppy, that's a bit of a red flag for me. I I was a little, not up in arms, but I was a little shocked because they were looking for controllable pitching for O'Hoppy and they didn't get it. So that was a little confusing. But Syndergaard makes good some sense there. It's a good rental. Moniak is a little bit of not an overpay, but a bit of a pay. And the deal that broke right at 6 o'clock, Whit Merrifield, the unvaxxed king, is going to Toronto. You have to believe he's getting vaccinated now. If he doesn't get vaccinated and he's on Toronto, I'm going to laugh my ass off. But Toronto didn't get, I believe, Merrifield. Is he a switch hitter? I always forget this. I think he's right-handed, Merrifield. Whit Merrifield, the 33-year-old from Advanced, North Carolina. Bats right, throws right. Wow. So that makes no sense that for the Blue Jays, they get more right-handed. I don't know where they're going to play him. But on top of that news that came out, the Rangers did not trade Matt Moore. The Cubs did not trade Contreras and Hap. We found out Rysel Iglesias is going to the Braves, another buzzer beater. That is crazy. That was a big one for Tucker Davidson and Jesse Chavez. That's a... The Braves look like they're ready for war with the Mets. It's going to be war. Field Yates, the football guy, says, Sources say, I have been traded to the Padres. Good one. The Blue Jays sent Samad Taylor and Max Castillo back to Kansas City. Taylor, the Samad Taylor, the first one there, 
was the number 16 Jays prospect, the second base outfielder, and Castillo is a triple-A right-handed pitcher. But it is willing to no- not willing. It's pretty big to note that Taylor was outrighted off the 40-man roster from Toronto this year, and he has been in the minors for five years. So that's a bit of a head-scratcher there. And also at the buzzers, the Padres made one more move, and they traded Brent Rooker to the Royals for catcher Cam Gallagher. So I guess that's not a bad move. And that is it for the trades. So we're going to go into one by one here. I'm going to pull up every trade. So every team in this deadline made a trade, by the way. So that's one that's awesome to see. I'm going to be going through now. And I'm going to discuss every team, winner or loser, at the trade deadline. So we're going to start all the way at the bottom here with the first trade that came in. And we're going to start off first. And we're going to start off angry a bit. We're going to talk about a team that's supposed to be the best team in the National League on paper, the best team ever assembled, the best starting rotation ever assembled, one of the best teams of all time, the team that's supposed to be the best team in New York, the best team currently in the league, and that's the New York Mets. And I'm going to I'm going to rag them a bit. I'm going to dunk on them. I'm going to do whatever the hell you want to talk about. I'm going to drag them in the dirt. You are a team that has a few holes, not many, but a few holes, and you want to sh- make sure you're a World Series contender. The defending champs are hot on your tail. They have been on fire after a slow start. They're similar to the Mariners in the way they've been hot, but the difference is they haven't cooled off at all. They keep winning against big-time opponents, and they have been playing bully ball. Austin Riley, that whole core now with Austin Riley getting extended and having a generational month that he just did is scary. That team is scary, and they're going to be there a long time where the Mets look more short-term. I know they got the ground back today, and he looked pretty solid. Five innings, one run on 59 pitches. He looks really dominating, but you got to think again. You lost tonight to Washington, who played a double-A and triple-A team today. They were a double-triple-A squad, basically, without Soto and Bell. Their best player is probably Victor Robles and an injured Steven Strasburg. You went out there and laid an egg. The deals the Mets made this deadline. You acquired today. You got Darren Ruff for J.D. Davis, Thomas Sazupiki, or whatever his name, Nick Zwack, and Carson Seymour. Zwack and Seymour having great years. You also acquired Tyler Naquin and Philip Deal to Cincinnati for two low, very low-ranking prospects. I don't even think on the top 30 for Hector Rodriguez and Jose Acuna. And you trade Colin Holderman, who has been a solid reliever, although limited innings, for Danny Vogelbach. And you also did acquire Michael Givens. I will say this right now. I'm going to be simple, right to the point. Billy Epler should be fired after this deadline. There is no excuse you have the prospect. You have the number one prospect in all of baseball. The fact that you guys were out on Soto on day two of the Soto chances was mind-boggling. Because you have some good prospects down there. You have Beatty, Mauricio, Vientos, Alvarez. Right there. Bam. All for those guys. Nimmo. 
If you get Vogelbach, flip Vogelbach in there too. Throw in the first baseman. Fuck it. Go nuclear. Take on the Corbin contract. Take on the Strasburg contract. You should have offered that right away, and I don't think they did. I think they, the rumor is they didn't want to hold on to Beatty. They didn't want to get rid of Beatty, and they don't want to get rid of Alvarez without a catcher. You were also the biggest player in Wilson Contreras, and that never happened, and Christian Vasquez, and none of those happened. You didn't even go and get any catchers at all. I know they called Nito into the office and said Nito's doing a good job, but you got to think long-term, not long-term. you got to think right now. They were automatic outs at the bottom of the lineup, Nito and McCann. I get Naquin's good depth piece, yes, and it also kind of kicks McNeil to play second base, which is his natural position more often. That also puts Guillaume back on the bench. But here's the other thing. You go, I get the Vogelbach trade to an extent because, okay, that's a DH, but it kind of blocks the lane for other trades. Like, you guys could have been a big player for J.D. Martinez, and you wouldn't have been able to give up any of your top five. You could have done that with giving up someone outside the top ten, a couple guys out there, and maybe, like, let's say J.D. Davis. You give up those guys for J.D. Martinez, you probably have half a year of J.D. Martinez or two, three months, and you that's your good DH. Although I've been very critical of them, saying they should have Pete Alonso DH because he's not a great defender. I mean, Josh Bell's not much of a better defender either. But at least, hey, you can platoon them, have one DH a couple of times a week, and the other one play first. Like, that's not a bad move. But you go out and make another really stupid trade where you trade J.D. Davis and more for Darren Ruff. I'll read Darren Ruff's splits to you guys. I already read Vogelbox on earlier podcasts. Everyone knows he's hitting like 140 against lefties. According to RotoWire, this year, Darren Ruff's hitting 216 with 11 homers, 38 RBIs. Versus left handed hit, versus lefties. The right handed hitting, Ruff is hitting 257 with a 364 on base and an 896 OPS. However, against righties, he's under the Mendoza. He still has a three flat on base. His slugging drops from 532 against lefties to 269 against righties, so it's all weak contact. And an OPS of 573. His overall numbers for Darren Ruff are terrible. They are terrible. I'm not even going to hide it. And, again, people like to look, don't look between the lines enough. And I get it, lefties versus righties splits. Last year, Darren Ruff had an awesome year in 117 games played. Darren Ruff had an OPS plus of 142 and a 904 OPS, and he hit 271 with 13 homers, not 13 homers, excuse me, 16 homers and 43 RBI. Not a bad year for someone who's deemed a backup, really, to our boy Brandon Belt. He could play left, and he that's not a bad spot for him as a left fielder corner, but again, the Mets don't need another corner outfielder. They got Marcana out there. This year, he's hitting 216. He's again on base at a 328 clip, slugging 373 at an OPS of 701 and an OPS plus under league average at 98. What is the point of giving up two solid pitching prospects and J.D. Davis, who's pretty much the same player but younger. If you don't know, Darren Ruff, his birthday just passed. He, he is 36 years old and five days old. 36 years and five days. His birthday was July 28th. He was born in 1986. Former 20th overall 
20th round pick, excuse me, from Creighton. This year he has a negative .5 war in 90 games played. This is a guy, he was a DFA candidate probably not too long ago. If he wasn't traded, he was probably DFA'd. I would have rather had J.D. Davis if I'm you guys. And you needed legitimate bullpen help. David Robertson and Wilson Contreras were there for the taking. You offer Vientos or Marusio. Marusio was getting a lot of attention the last hour, too. And you do nothing. You sit there with your hands folded, do nothing. You get run over. Newsflash, Mets. The Braves and the Phillies had big deadlines. The Braves are a powerhouse again. They're, they look like a juggernaut. The Phillies only got better today. They didn't get worse. Short term, they got better. Maybe in the long term, they look, might have hurt themselves a little bit, shot themselves in the foot with the Ohapi trade. But they got better. There's not... They had a really nice end of the deadline. They get Robertson. They get Syndergaard. They get their outfield piece in center field. They get, I believe it was... Uh, Who did I just say? I, I don't know. I know. Is it Fletcher? No, it's not Fletcher. Where was it? Where was it? Where was it? Where was it? Well, I mean, they DFA'd Familia, so that's a start. That's a good one, in my opinion. I'm trying to find the terms. Oh, it was, uh, what's his name? How do I always forget his name? I'm so bad with Angels players sometimes. Brandon Marsh. My bad. I'm sorry. I don't know why I said Fletcher. I'm sorry. Brandon Marsh. Excuse me. Mr. Juicebox. I'm sorry. I, I kind of sold there a little bit for a second because there's so many trades that just happened today. I don't get the Darren Ruff trade. So, Mets, you're my, you are my biggest loser at the deadline today. The Mets are the biggest losers of the MLB trade deadline. At least out of the contenders. Because they made they didn't address any needs. They addressed half of a need today. With their bef weird trade. For some reason having a thing for DHs that could split time together. Because... It just, to me, I don't understand it. Come playoff time, that's a hole. The bullpen's going to be a hole. And Steve Cohen's going to be bitching about it on Twitter again. Like, I don't understand why people are mad that we lost. Or like, I don't get it. Why are we losing games? It's not that hard. You should, I hate to say it, and Mets fans are going to kill me for this. You should go pick up Familia on the DFA, on the DFA line now. Because that is probably a better move than what you had planned. You go put it in your waiver form. I don't know where the Mets stand on waiver order and this and that, but go claim him off waivers because you need an arm desperately. Michael Givens isn't a bad one. I, I don't mind Michael Givens. I like him. The kid from the Reds that they got in the deal, the uh, Philip Deal. This year in however many appearances he's had he has an 11.12 ERA Philip Deal not good 
Braves are coming. They're three back in the loss column, two back in the win column. The Phillies aren't much further back either. The Phillies are, I believe, 10 out. But they're looking for a wild card. And if the Mets have another successful Metting because of this deadline, I'm going to laugh. Mets, Mets fans, I'm sorry. You talked big game of Contreras and Bell. Maybe even like someone else like a J.D. Martinez at some point. More relievers galore. David Robertson. Other pieces that could be good relievers too. Like Soto. I heard a couple names. The, the, not Juan Soto. So Juan Soto too was talked about. Everyone's like Steve Cohen's going to buy us a World Series. It's about how you execute the deadline sometimes. And you can't buy at the deadline. You can't sign people on free agency. You can't throw money at a player at the deadline. You have to go make a trade. And you have to be the highest bidder. The Mets, it's not like the Mets don't have the prospects to do it. They have the prospects to do it. They just choose chose not to. A little bit of prospect hugging from a, a, someone who's supposed to be the next George Steinbrenner, the most aggressive owner in baseball. Or, and Billy Epler, who's supposed to be the epitome or the epitome of aggressive, does nothing. They sit there with their hands folded. I am ashamed for my fellow Mets fans. And I'm sorry. I am very sorry for you guys. Another loser at the deadline today. Kansas City is a bit of a loser here. Here's why. The prospect return you got on Benintendi was a fleece job by Brian Cashman. You got two top 30 guys from the Yankee system and TJ Sikema, or Sikema, Beckway, and Chandler Champlain. Beckway having the higher upside of the three. TJ Sikema, a former first-round pick who's 23 years old in high A ball, who's had arm trouble but finally starting to figure it out again. He kind of got screwed with the COVID stuff. But he's probably the one I think that could be the best pitcher but talent-wise, even though Beckway has shown more promise. I don't like it. I think you guys are a loser. And today the Merrifield trade was a little underwhelming, getting a guy who's a 15-16 rate prospect. I don't know. I'm just not a fan of it. The moves were a little puzzling. You could have maybe went and got something else for Salvador Perez. I would have liked to have seen him move just because he's a catcher. Teams need catching. And you're kind of in a weird rebuild spot. You have Bobby Witt Jr. You have a couple prospects now to look forward to. But I think you guys were a loser. Not a big loser, but a pretty decent-sized loser. Another loser, the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, I shouldn't say loser. More middle-of-the-road loser. You're still a step ahead of the Mets. You addressed the need, two big needs. You got two lefty pitchers in Quintana and Jordan Montgomery. A weird, everyone doesn't like the trade because Jordan Montgomery, I'll be honest with you, has been struggling. He's kind of mid. He doesn't have great stuff. Not flashy stuff. Kind of reminds you of the Lester trade a bit last year, but a little less under, or more, more so the J.A. Happ trade, but a little more younger, a little more promise with that. You get rid of Bader, who's not bad. The master Bader is... A very good defensive center fielder. He has 46 defensive runs saved in center field, so that's a pretty good stat. Yankees do upgrade in that category there. I just don't like how you guys were all in on Soto. You probably had the better young core than the than the uh, the Padres, but you kind of just didn't add. You seemed unwilling to add a couple of guys. I think Soto would have been a great fit, and missing out on him just makes you kind of have an empty feeling. Another loser of the deadline, we're going to get into a surprise loser, the L.A. Dodgers. The Dodgers had 
a very, very puzzling deadline. The Joey Gallo trade's very high risk, low reward. I guess high reward, too, if they can figure him out. Giving up a, the number 15 prospect in your system, who's now the number 10 prospect. Michael K. had an awesome rant about it today pregame. He went radio mode, Michael K. radio mode, before Yankees took the field in the press boot, in the press box. Ugh, look at me losing track of words. Michael K. made a great, great point. And I'm all for it. I was all for it. People saying Joey Gallo should be DFA'd. I was one of the people who did say, let's hold out and let's see what happens. It's just how it goes, unfortunately, sometimes. Next up on the list for me, the Dodgers lose just because they didn't get Soto. They didn't get any big pieces. They kind of just sat there. Their biggest acquisition, the deadline is Joey Gallo. Their team did not improve at all. This is a team that's supposed to be – they're probably content, though, with what they have. And also the rumors that Tony Gonson might have been moved was a little shocking. Tampa Bay is a bit of a loser here. Not much of a loser. Because they made a couple of weird moves. They did address a need. They got two good defensive outfielders in David Peralta and the controllable Jose Siri. They also made a move for Herman Tapia. And got back Garrett Clev or sent Garrett Clevenger over to L.A. for Jermon Tapia, and they also made a move, I believe, today, where they sent cash considerations to Baltimore for Brett Phillips. That's sad because that's a franchise favorite, a hometown hero, a World Series hero, Brent Phil Brett Phillips, God, good defender too, electric, fun to watch. That's just a bit of a hit. I feel for them. I think I have one more loser here, or two more losers we'll get into. Because we're not going to talk much about teams that really were just selling, like Detroit or, like, Arizona. We'll talk a little bit about Washington just because their prospect pool was, whole, was huge. Miami we're not going to talk too much about. They really only made one move. I'll talk about Miami quickly. They made a decent move. They got Jordan Groshans. We talked about that earlier. That's part of the Toronto thing. I think Miami's kind of just a meh, middle of the pack. And I believe that's it. I discussed my big losers. I'm not talking about Detroit. We'll talk L.A. We'll talk L.A. Uh, obviously, a big loser is a team that didn't make a move. The Colorado Rockies, what the hell are you doing? We won't talk Kansas City either, necessarily. I already talked them as a loser, but we won't talk any further. We'll talk Chi We'll talk Chi-Town Cubbies. They had a good deadline. Let's keep going. Let's talk. Let's talk mid. Let's talk meh grades right now. No, no failures. No losers. Let's talk weird, random, extra innings, draw, tie, whatever you want to talk about. Let's talk about a draw. Seattle had a little savvy, pick, a couple savvy pickups today, especially Jake Lamb for cash considerations. But they overpaid for Luis Castillo. That's part of their biggest pull. That's probably their biggest trade they've made in years. Especially for a team that's going to be competing. They've looked good tonight offensively. They got to Lucas Lickie of the Yankees and Jamison Tyone. Lucas Lickie should not be on the Yankees. He should be DFA'd. He was someone the Yankees were in conversation to trade. They did not trade him. Luis Castillo goes to Seattle for Noel V. Marte, Edwin Arroyo, Levi Stout, or Stout, yep, and Andrew Moore. Two right-handed pitchers and two shortstops. Noel V. Marte and Edwin Arroyo are inside the top 100 prospects 
number one, number three, and Stout was number five in the Mariner system. Noel V. Marte is now the number one prospect for the Cincinnati Reds. That is a good return for a team that is looking to rebuild. Seattle, that is a sell. That is a bad, bad trade on your end, and that's going to bite you in the ass. I know the years of control on Castillo is nice, and his stuff is electric. And tomorrow is going to be a great game. If you're listening to this on August 3rd, as we're about to cross over to the midnight hours of August 2nd and August 3rd, I don't like the move. I don't like the trade. I do not like giving up Luis those prospects for Luis Castillo. I'm not by any means a prospect hugger. But if you were in the talks to get Soto, that was probably your chance, and you decide to kind of just go with the pitcher. It does make your pitching staff a lot better, but I don't like it for the future. I'm giving you guys a mid-grade just because the return is nice. We'll see how Castillo does in his debut tomorrow. That's enough right there. Another team that's kind of meh, mid, St. Louis. They got – let's talk about their Hall, St. Louis. St. Louis today brought in Jordan Montgomery in exchange for Harrison Bader, who's on the IL. They brought in Jose Quintana and Chris Stratton for Oviedo and Malcolm Nunez. Malcolm Nunez I like. They also brought in Jojo Romero. They got rid of Jojo Romero, I believe, right? Am I reading this right? No, I'm not. They brought in Jojo Romero for Edmundo Sosa. And they lost out on Juan Soto. I did say they were kind of losers. I guess so, yeah. St. Louis is losers. My bad. I'm, I'm sorry. I already mentioned them. Pittsburgh. Mid returns. Oviedo and Nunez for your best pit, your best piece. And you got a decent reliever from the Mets. So that was kind of a fleece there. I don't know what's leading up. I don't know what he's cooking, but we'll see what they're cooking. We'll go to Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia's big winners. Philadelphia acquired Noah Syndergaard for Mickey Moniak and a player to be named later. David Robertson for Ben Brown straight up. Brandon Marsh for Logan O'Hoppy straight up. Edmundo Soso for Jojo Romero. That's a pretty solid deadline, especially you addressed big needs. You addressed defense and pitching, specifically starting and relief pitching. You had the best available rentals at starting pitching that was available for rental-wise because Rodama had a lot of years of control and the asking price was absurd. So... You got a good rental pitcher in Syndergaard who shows potential. He has flashes of the old Thor, and maybe he can refine it or with a former battery mate, or not battery mate, former teammate, Zach Wheeler, and Aaron Nola, who's also a stud. You also have David Robertson, who gets a second chance in Philly, second stint. The big second stint guy, David Robertson, as well. But I like that move. Kind of spurns the Mets a bit. That's good. That's good. I like the move. Philadelphia, they did part with a pretty good prospect. Two pretty good prospects in Ohapi and Brown. I might be biased because I am from Long Island. I'm going to support my Long Island boys. But that's pretty steep for, I mean, at least Marsh. That's steep, Ohapi. But I do like the Ben Brown for David Robertson deal. That's a deal that needed to be made. You guys kind of get a passing grade for me. Kind of mid. I'd say sort of winning. I'd say ugly win. You guys are ugly winners of this deadline. Another loser we'll talk about real quick. In my opinion, I'll go into one more loser that I see here. Let's talk Boston Red Sox. So you traded former prospect Jay Groom, who's not as highly touted anymore for Eric Hosmer, 
Max Ferguson and Corey Rozier. Matt, Eric Hosmer is going to play first base. You need a first baseman. You got Whack Me Reese for Jake Diekman. Kind of a puzzling move to Chicago who had a mid-deadline. De- didn't do much. Boston acquires Tommy Pham for a player to be named later. Sends Vasquez for a player to be named later. And they don't ship off J.D. Martinez. You piss off Xander Bogarts and you hold on to Nathan Evaldi. I You beat... You beat the Astros tonight, which is a decent sign. But I don't understand this deadline from Boston. This is very, very underwhelming. You get, you jump in late to get Hosmer. I'm not a, I'm an Eric Hosmer fan. I like Eric Hosmer. I know Padres fans don't like him. Luke Voigt probably hates Eric Hosmer. He probably broke the record for most F-words ever said by a Major League Baseball player in a minute. There's actually a good tweet I saw about that from a fan account. But I... You need a defensive first baseman. Eric Hosmer is a good defensive first baseman. I could have seen the Mets even reaching out. If they didn't get Darren Ruff, I could see them reaching out and saying, hey, let's get a defensive guy. Let's get Pete off his feet a couple times a week. That's a good. That's a better defender than Pete. Not a bad one. I am perplexed by the trade, though. I'm The Vasquez trade I don't like, and the Tommy Pham one makes me question it even more. Was it really just lightning in a bottle last year after trading bats? Are you guys really going to go back to being bad? I hope so just because of my fandom, but I feel bad for Rafi Devers, who's an electric player in baseball, and I feel terrible for Chris Sale, my Florida Gulf Coast boy, brother-in-arms. Sad. Let's talk about some winners real quick. Let's talk some winners. If there were any. Houston, I hate to say it. You guys won the deadline in your eyes. In my eyes, you guys won part of the deadline. You shed Jose Siri for some reason. You bring in Trey Mancini and Jaden Murray. Nice little trade there. In that three-team deal. You then say, we're going to go get a catcher. Get Christian Vasquez. You don't overpay. And then you say, ho, 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 Ship off Jake Odorizzi and bring back Will Smith. And then you were quiet today. You did nothing. But yesterday, those moves showed me. You saw other American League teams loaded up on firepower. You're like, fuck, let's get it done. You see McCullers is coming back. You got to make space in rotation. You address the need in the bullpen. You shed Odorizzi, who I thought was, that was a weird trade. I think you lost that trade, to be honest with you. But you kind of pulled a minor fleecing for the rental of Mancini. And Vasquez, for a player to be named later, is really good. That's a good trade you made there. You got two really likable players for a franchise that is not well-liked. I mean, Trey Mancini has a mutual option at the end of the year. Mr. Schwab did not fall, did not correctly report that, spreading false information on Twitter. And Christian Vasquez is a rental. A couple rentals here, but... For the price that you paid, just Jose Siri, a player to be named later, and Jake Odorizzi to acquire this haul, that's pretty damn good. The front office did their job. They did a great job, and Houston looks like a good team going forward and looks like they're going to be a serious contender for the American League title. It's like the Cold War happened in the American League this week between the Astros and the Yankees. Two very aggressive teams. I'm very happy about that. Astros, you guys are big winners. or big Not big winners, but winners. You guys won the deadline. Another winner we're going to talk about? We're going to talk about Atlanta. The Braves, another team looking to come back 
that's going to be a World Series contender. Get Robbie Grossman for Chris Anglin. I like it. That was the first kind of big move Atlanta made. They did get Edhiri and Adrianza from Washington. That's kind of a side trade they did. Not too big or not too knowledgeable of that one. They bring in a nice, nice piece of Jaco Derizzi to round out their rotation. I like Jaco Derizzi. I think he, if he can find, he's found a little bit of that 2019 All Star form from when he was in Minnesota. I like it. There's another trade they made that I really was happy with. The Rysel Iglesias one at the buzzer. Rysel Iglesias for Jesse Chavez and Tucker Davidson. Those are the four trades they made. I think that was it, but hey. And they also, not, not, not mentioned here, they re-signed a big piece of their hitting core in Austin Riley. Their GM, Alex Anthopoulos, locks in these guys for the next seven to eight seven to eight years they have Riley till 2032 you have Olsen till 2030 you have Acuna till 2028 I believe Albies till 2027 big pieces of their core locked up long term maybe the pitching core you gotta lock up Max Fried next and maybe kind of have a buy low deal on Mike on uh, Soroka to keep him in town because he's got nice stuff big winners big winners of the deadline right there Another winner, not a big winner, but a winner. The Los Angeles Angels, believe it or not. Sellers, but they won the deadline. You get back Jesse Chavez and Tucker Davidson from Atlanta. You bring in Mickey Moniak, a decent outfield piece from Philadelphia, a prospect there. And a player to be named later, coming back to you. You get Logan O'Hoppy straight up for Brandon Marsh. That is a bit of a fleecing for long-term state stability. That's a classic Dave Dombrowski get them the hell off the team trade you shed Thor as a rental and get prospects for him you get value out of Thor I like it I like the aggressiveness I, I think Artie Moreno and his staff finally realized they gotta make some moves in order to be competitive I like it that is big especially Ohapi Ohapi's the catcher of the future there and they can pair if they can keep Otani in town with Trout and Rendon if they can all stay healthy some of these pitching prospects start to pan out and they start to get some pitching in they don't cheap out on it and you have prospects like Ohapi and Moniak now I'm a fan. I'm sold on it. I like it. Good moves. Good moves. Minnesota had a mid-trade deadline. Cincinnati's a winner. Another. They kind of had a fleece job for Tyler Molly. They got. They received two overpayments for two pitchers. Big winners of the deadline here. I'm not going to get any further into it. Cincinnati, your rebuild is going to look really nice if these prospects pan out. Speaking of rebuilding, Chicago. Chicago added a lot of big prospects over the last year or two. They get Hayden Wesneski from the Yankees. Yeah, Hayden Wesneski. They get Ben Brown today. High riser. You get Raniel Espinal. Zach McKinstry in your trades you somehow hold on to Ian Happ and you hold on to Wilson Contreras if you can work out extensions with them hey who knows maybe winning starts sooner maybe you can win sooner rather than later I like Ben Brown and I really and I really like Hayden Wesneski he's got nasty stuff he is nice I don't think he's pro this year 
maybe some point next year, if he has a really good spring training next year, he's going to make the big league roster. Hayden Wesneski, at worst, is a bullpen piece. Ben Brown is a couple years away still. He's a little old, a little advanced, but he's good. I really like it. I really like the deadline. You replenish the prospect pool, and who knows? Maybe the Cubbies make another World Series run the next five, ten years. I like it. These, this is a deadline. When you're sellers, you make big sales. That's good. Cubs, winners. Next up. Winners. Winners, not Toronto. I'm going to go one more loser here. I keep saying I'm going to go one more loser, but I forgot to mention Toronto. They did make a solid move acquiring Anthony Bass and Zach Pop, two right-handed relief pitchers for Jordan Grosshands. Not a fan of it. Not a fan of it. The one move I'm not a fan of at all, a pairing that is not a match made in heaven, Whit Merrifield to Toronto for Kansas City's return. They get Samad Taylor and Max Castillo. One of them was just outright off the 40-man this year. The other one's a AAA. I believe Castillo's a AAA. Taylor was outrighted off the 40-man. Whit Merrifield is not vaccinated. And the Toronto Trudeaus go and trade for him. I get it. You were in on Benintendi, and they're willing to get the vaccine now, I guess. But you got to think, Whit Merrifield, if he doesn't get the vaccine, that's going to be a bad, bad move. And what makes it worse, let's say he gets vaccinated, that's a right-handed infield bat. Where's he going to play? Where's Whit Merrifield going to play? I'll tell you, he's not going to play third because Chapman's a gold glover. He's not playing short because Bichette is, despite being overrated in some aspect, is a very good shortstop. Espinal's having a great year. You still have Kevin Biggio there. You should have moved Kevin Biggio while you could to get an arm, but you failed to do so. And Vladdy's at first. Witt is a middle-of-the-infield guy. He's a second-base shortstop. Could play third. I don't know his range at first. His utility. I don't know his stuff in the outfield. Maybe he could play a corner. But he's another right-handed bat. That lineup's too right-handed. What are you thinking over there, Toronto? You guys went from thinking Soto, Syndergaard, Rodon, and... Um, what's his name from the A's? I'm blanking right now. Montas. I don't know why I blanked on Montas. And you do nothing? Good grief. Go sit in the corner and think about what you did. Terrible. Poverty moves. That's why you guys won't come out and win the division. That's why you guys won't make it out of the wild card round. Pitiful. Disgusting. Get out of my sight, Toronto. Jesus. Let's move on to a more positive note. Positive, positive notes. Winners, winners, winning energy. Winning energy. And let's talk about a winner of the trade deadline. Arguably the biggest winner up until the Soto deal happened. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bronx Bombers had a trade deadline of this decade one of the best ones they've had in a very long time this is a deadline that is 90s yankees-esque like when they brought in david david justice or they brought in other big names like they bring in jose canseco they bring in david cone big time trade deadline guys and the yankees got the best reaction out of me they, they will ev- that I have ever had on live TV, live, not live TV, but live recordings. If you want to go check that out, check out episode 9A of the Knicks World of Sports 
I almost said our old name, excuse me. And listen to me freak out over the Yankees acquiring Frankie Montes. Both the A's did win that win a little bit. I will mention them here as they had a good return on that. The A's I don't I didn't put them in a winners or losers category necessarily because let's face it, it's not like a big deal. They didn't make anything else too crazy. They got back JP Sears, Ken Waldachuk, Luis Medina, and Cooper Bowman with probably Sears and Waldachuk being the headliners of that. Whatever, that's fine. The Yankees need to make a necessary move. Brian Cashman had one of his best deadlines in a long time. Last year we said that, but it didn't pan out with a Gallo deal, but and he didn't get a starting pitcher. But whatever hole the Yankees had, he filled. Yankees needed a starter, he goes gets one of the best available. They needed relievers, done. He gets two. Two studs. Stud relievers. They need outfield help, done. Bam, Bader. The only thing that was a little questionable was that Montgomery trade. But let's just talk real quick. The Yankees had a really nice trade deadline. They shed Joey Gallo for Clayton Beater, who is now their number 10 prospect. You get a really good defensive center fielder, Harrison Bader, although he's not back till September. You get him for Jordan Montgomery, which is probably about what Jordan Montgomery is worth. And if Bader can hit 260, that's a win. The Yankees also acquired, like the aforementioned, big deal, the original deal that broke the Yankees' Twitter. Frankie Montes and Lou Trevino, who looked nice. He looked really good tonight in his debut. Yeah, Frankie Montes and Lou Trevino. And didn't have to give up Peraza, Dominguez, Volpe, or Wells. Even though I think Wells is probably going to make a position change. But it's nice to see that their top catching prospect still around. You bring in Scott Efros, in spite of losing Hayden Wesneski, who I think is really nice. But Efros, again, has nice stuff. He's nasty. Nice little sidewinder. And you also make a pretty good trade. Despite struggling so far, this far... I know he can he can catch fire again and start finding it again, but you acquire Andrew Benintendi, who is the anti-Gallo in the aspect is he makes contact, he'll get on base, he takes his walks, he's not going to strike out a whole ton, and he's a great defender. Gallo's a great defender, strikes out a ton, does take his walks, but I think a guy like Benintendi is what the Yankees lineup needs for balance, and he's also a left-handed bat. The Yankees had one of their best trade deadlines in a long time. The Yankees fans were upset, saying that Cashman ruined the deadline. By trading away Jordan Montgomery at the final second. I do think there's a contingent deal for Lopez somewhat. That's a conspiracy theory. I do believe it to an extent. I don't think it was a done deal. But I think they were talking about it. And it was really picking up. And Cashman thought, this is my chance to shed Montgomery. But they have Clark Schmidt still available. They're going to stretch him out. I think Clark Schmidt's going to be starting in a couple weeks. Maybe next week. Not this week. I think Herman's going to be there. I don't know. We'll see. Montes will make his debut in St. Louis on, I believe, Friday. That's going to be a good watch against probably Jordan Montgomery, who's that's his next spot in rotation. That's his next turn. I felt bad for Jordan Montgomery hearing about the way he departed, but I'm a critic of Jordan Montgomery. So shedding him is nice. He was not going to pitch in the postseason. And we got a playoff contributor in Harrison Bader for the Yankees. I say we a lot because I am a fan of the Yankees. Yankees, big winners of the deadline. Did not miss on a single trade. The only thing that they could have done better was getting Rodon or getting, you know, Lopez. 
but not giving up your top three prospects who are going to be studs. Peraza, I think, needs to be called up to the big leagues yesterday or should have been called up yesterday because IKF, the experiment, is not going good. Stop the ride. I want off the IKF ride now. There's also talks about, you know, they're fielding phone calls for Glaber Torres or, and Lucas Lickie. They weren't sending out phone calls asking who wants them. They were fielding them. I think Torres, you'd only give him up in a Pablo Lopez-type deal or Rodon. Lucas Lickie, I want off my team. I want Lucas Lickie off the roster. He's the worst pet guy in the pen, which is not bad. I know his savant numbers are well, but throwing 80 poo in the major leagues is not going to cut it. The reason the Yankees lost tonight was Lucas Lickie. Lucas Lickie does not have a spot in this, rota- in this bullpen, except for when they're down by five or down by three. He's not supposed to be out there when the game is tied, when the Yankees are winning. You know where I'd like Lucas Lickie to go? The Mets. Give him to the Mets. Fine. Lucas Lickie should not be a Yankee. That's a little bit of a negative. I'm should be talking positive. The Yankees are winners, Nick. Remember this. Remember this. Remember it. I like the Yankees going forward. They're my favorites for the American League. That is a nice move by Brian Cashman. Nice moves made. If Bader comes back and he provides a little more offense than Hicks, I think everyone's going to be happy. Hicks has cooled off after being hot for a little while. A little streaky. And I think they would have really liked to dump that salary on someone. I think they should have dumped it on a team like St. Louis, but it is what it is at this point. And let's go to our two biggest winners of the day. I'm going to start off with the the runners-up, the Washington Nationals. Yes, you did shed Corbin, and you didn't shed Strasburg's deals, which would have made you guys probably the biggest winner of the day. But you made a big step towards rebuilding and the future. And I think it's bright. Very bright. You acquired former third overall pick Mackenzie Gore, former first round pick Robert Hassel, CJ Abrams, James Wood, and Harleen Susana, and Luke Voigt. Don't forget Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt matches. He rakes. He's going to be fun to watch. He'll put asses in seats. But I think Luke Voigt will probably be traded again. The Yankees didn't have a spot filled at DH. I would love for Luke Boyd just to play DH. He rakes. So you get that haul for your Ted Williams type and Josh Bell. I like it moving forward because here's the thing. Hassel and Wood are very young. Same with Susana. They're very young, but they're electric prospects. More so on the side of Hassel and Wood. And you also have C.J. Abrams and Mackenzie Gore, who were top 10 prospects this year. Before they were called up. Gore's out till September, but Abrams has provided great defense and solid hitting. That's your Trey Turner replacement right there. And that is your lefty, that is your anti-Corbin now. That is your new Corbin. Maybe better than Corbin. I love the move for a rebuilding team to acquire big prospects. I love it. This could turn in, if this is, if these guys pan out, this is the Herschel Walker trade all over again. This is going to build a dynasty, potentially. A.J. Preller might have been caught lacking with this trade. But it's too early to tell. My too early to tell, runner-up, big winner of the day. Second place on the, to the extent that these guys pan out, or most of them pan out, the Washington Nationals. The big winner of the trade deadline, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't know by now, you were living under a rock. You weren't looking at Twitter. You weren't looking at Instagram. You were off social media. And you weren't listening to sports radio and sports podcasts like this one who has been doing nonstop coverage. I'll probably slow down the episodes a little bit too after this. 
Ladies and gentlemen, your big winner, AJ Preller and the San Diego Padres. It's not every day you acquire one of the best young hitters of all time. One of the honestly someone that can go down as the best hitter of all time and pair him with another guy who's one of the best hitters, young hitters of all time, or is on pace to be one of the best of all time, and another generational talent in Manny Machado. You don't have that every day and pair it with an awesome pitching core that you just extended your ace, Joe Musgrove, for five years at a really affordable deal. And they weren't just done there. You made a deal at the buzzer for Cam Gallagher, a catcher. You ship off Brent Rooker. Not a bad deal. You acquire Brandon Jury for Victor Acosta. Not a big oversell there. But Brand that helps the Cincinnati prospect pool a little bit, Victor Acosta. But Brandon Jury is having a career year. That solidifies your DH spot and potentially, you know, another infield spot. You get you get Jake Room, who's not gonna be a big difference, but the big one is you shed Eric Hosmer's contract. After he decl he almost sells the Juan Soto trade. He almost fucks it up for everyone. Ruined it. Almost ruined it. The big prize, obviously, of Juan Soto and Josh Bell. Elite. That makes your team better right there. That lineup is insane. And you get arguably the best reliever in Josh Hader. Milwaukee gets a nice haul for them. You do lose Taylor Rogers and Dylan LeMay and Estuary Ruiz and Robert, G and Robert Gasser. Milwaukee had a really sneaky good trade deadline. Matt Bush, too. You get Rosenthal, but they're like a sneaky winner. I'm not going to get too into them because I was praising them a lot earlier this morning. I'm going to praise the brilliance and the wanting, the want to win, the aggressiveness of A.J. Preller. A.J. Preller is notorious for buying. He had a really big offseason, and his biggest win so far is a paper, two paper championships, one of them being the first year he was in. He overpaid for a lot of guys like Will Myers, Eric Hosmer, didn't have a really good, you know, start to his tenure at GM. Thought he had his guy at Max Scherzer last year before the team fell apart afterwards, after that deal fell apart. And now you go out and pair Tatis with Juan Soto. The, are they going to extend Juan Soto long-term? Probably not. No, they won't. Juan Soto's going to be a free agent at the end of 2024. Or they might look to trade him to recoup some of the prospects back, which has been a common theme. The deal is nice. I like the deal. I, I don't hate it one bit. I love the trade for the Dodgers, not Dodgers, the Padres. That is trade deadline of legend. Juan Soto, Josh Bell, Josh Hader, Brandon Jury. In the words of at Yankees World, at Yankee WRLD on Twitter, and a lot of other people, like Jeff Passan, this is a trade deadline of epic proportions this is a generational trade deadline the Padres just won the deadline everyone even if they just got Soto and Belt they won the deadline but going further and getting Hater, Drury and a backup catcher you have officially won the deadline there is no other team I can't argue for the Yankees I can't argue for the Brewers I can't argue for Washington I can't argue for any other team Houston's not even the same stratosphere this Padres team now has arguably the best lineup and best pitching rotation in baseball. AJ Preller said, fuck them prospects. I don't I'm not taking a gamble on them. I'm taking a better gamble with proven professional hitters and professional players. He went out and got Josh Hader. He went out and then shocked the world with the Soto deal. The Sanford the San Diego Padres 
are the big winners of the 2022 deadline. And this is a deadline that will be talked about forever. The implications will last probably the next five to ten years. This deadline shook up the baseball landscape. 29 teams were involved. Everyone seemed to get a good prospect in return or a good piece. What's next? I'll tell you this right now. I think the Padres now have... Not, don't, they don't just say we're going to make the playoffs in the wild card. They secure their first playoff spot. First real playoff spot since 2006. I don't count 2020 as playoffs. You make big-time moves. And also, you, you help out Washington a bit. Washington's had some of the best prospects in all of baseball. After last year losing Scherzer and Trey Turner, this year losing Soto and Bell. But the Padres don't care about prospects. They care about winning the first World Series in franchise history. They have Musgrove locked up. They got Snell locked up. You got you Darvish, Clevenger, studs all over the starting rotation. You do lose Mackenzie Gore, but that, that that's minuscule. You have Josh Hader out of the pen. Electric stuff. One of the best relievers of the last five years of baseball. One of the best relievers in the game currently. Brandon Jury's having a great year. He's hitting the ball well. This team is not going to be an easy matchup. They're not an easy out. They've definitely wrapped up the wild card with this move. And they're definitely going to make a run at the division. Deny the Dodgers the division would be awesome. But I don't know if that's going to happen. Ladies and gentlemen, the San Diego Padres are the winners of the deadline. What that means, though, doesn't mean shit. It doesn't mean shit, though. I'll be honest. Winning a deadline is a claim to a paper championship. There have been big moves that have blown up in teams' faces. A famous one being, a more famous one recently, being Jose Quintana at the 2017 deadline, was traded for Eloy Jimenez and another big-name prospect. They were traded to the south side of town, or the north side. They were traded from the White Sox, or the, yeah, from the White Sox to the Cubbies. The White Sox got two big prospects. And one of them turned out to be Eloy Jimenez. I think the other one's Dylan Cease, if I'm not mistaken. That's a pretty big, a pretty bad one. Another one that blew up in effort proportions. Although the Texas Rangers didn't benefit off it, the Joey Gallo trade was not kind to them. Neither was their Jose Canseco trade at the deadline one year. Some deadline failures of past two have also been the Javi Baez deal for Pete Crow Armstrong. We're still, we're, we still don't know the full effects of that one. But the Mets played themselves out of a playoff spot because of Javi Baez. He was a big part of why they played themselves out of it. We have more deals like that. We have the Eddie Rosario and Jack Peterson deals and Jorge Soler. Those guys ended up giving the Braves the World Series. That was the difference between them going to the World Series or not and winning the World Series or not. We have the Justin Verlander trade. Turned out to be a bit of a fleecing by Houston. There's trades, sometimes they pan out, sometimes they don't. That's the beauty of the deadline. There's no true winner or loser today, and it doesn't indicate if you won or lost yet. Look, the Padres can go win the World Series, and people who claim them as deadline champions now claim them as World Series champions now. Congrats, you, you predicted it. But I'm not crowning anyone World Series champion just yet. I can tell you who I think is going to be there. My original pick before the year started was Yankees and Giants in the World Series, but that's obviously not going to happen now. So I got... Yankees and Padres, it looks like, will be the more likely World Series to happen. If it's on paper, based off paper, I just don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen right now. 
You still have a lot of good teams, a lot of competitive teams. Seattle's got a good bullpen, and not go, they have a good bullpen. They have an arm, a stable full of guys with arms, electric stuff. You have a great rotation there too. You have the Yankees have now a better rotation. You have an improved offense of the Astros. The Rays made solid improvements. The Blue Jays, let's see what that move does, what their moves do. But we have some competition now in the American League, and the National League just got tougher. It's a that's a more of it. The Yankees and Astros kind of had a cold war this uh, trade deadline. But the Mets, the Padres, the Dodgers, the Braves, and the Phillies all had a big haul, big time moves to fill needs, except for the Mets. But the Mets are just electric, and they just got the ground back. So I guess that's the biggest trade deadline acquisition you can make. We'll see, though, what's going on with the Mets. It's gonna be a fun. It's gonna be a fun next two and a half months of baseball. We're gonna all be here for it on Next World of Sports. There's no way I'm sitting out baseball. I think now, now that the deadline's over, and I've been pumping out content for you guys, just for my sake, I'm gonna take a couple of days off. When I come back, and I've, it's been long awaited, I know, we're going to do our football full-out projection episode. So clear your calendars for that. I'm hoping f- Friday. I'm hoping to have that out by Friday. I'll record on Friday and have it out almost the same day. I'm hoping on that. Right now, though, all I can think about is at baseball, the deadline, the implications the deadline's going to have. It's gonna, it was a great time for baseball, great time for that sport. Football tried stealing some headlines, especially with the recent developments of Steve Ross and all the other guys out there. But that's not going to make a difference between the baseball trade deadline where there was the, probably the biggest trade deadline in, sport, in the history of the sport that went down today with some of the names that were traded. I think we might have seen our first Herschel Walker type deal in baseball. One of our first real debates like, wow, this is bigger than the Miguel Cabrera trade. This is bigger than any other trade like this for young talent. We've never seen someone of Juan Soto's talent traded. And we've seen plenty of guys though, like Luis Castillo, Frankie Montas be traded. Discussions of a guy like a Radon or a Pablo Lopez. We've seen... Josh Bell types be traded. Christian Vasquez is. We've seen that before. But the teams that got him surprise a lot of people. All right. I think that's our show today. Thank you to everyone who's been tuning in the last few days. I'm sorry I've been bombarding everyone with episodes. I think also after the football episode comes out, I'm going to have, I'm going to try and get MLB Prospect Central out here and talk some prospects, talk about the implications of the deadline we'll give it a week to breathe and we'll talk more then it is currently august 3rd right now it is 12 27 on the east coast it has been a great day for baseball a sad day also like we said earlier with the passing of vince scully a sad way to end a great day one of the best to ever do it may god rest his soul thank you again for joining us over these last three days and this last week of hectic episodes deadline reactions it's been exciting for me to do my first trade deadline here this is a long episode 90 minutes or less is the policy 
of Nick's World of Sports. Thank you again for coming and stopping by by my world. My name is Nick Sapola. Thank you for joining us, and I will see you next time. Peace. Peace. <laughs>